Good evening and welcome to episode 163 of the DC Comics News Podcast where we all gather together to talk about everything new in the DC world, movies, TV and streaming, comic books and sometimes every now and then other news too. With me this evening is my co-conspirator, my partner in crime, the Robin to my fat man, it's Brad Fashion Felicky. How are you my brother? Hey, I'm good. How's everyone? How are you doing? I'm great. I mean, it's the dynamic duo again tonight. Sadly, the rest of the team have prior commitments, but the show must and will go on. Always. That's it. So let's talk from the beginning, as we always do with movie news. And hey, we talked about the uh, BAFTAs last week for this wonderful movie, but now it's official. Uh, the Batman has been nominated for three Oscars. And are we psychic or are we just geniuses? We called some of these last week, did we not? Yeah, it, uh, we did. And I kind of knew, I, I thought that, man, this has to at least get some of these in the bag nomination-wise. Um, I would like to see to see it win. Uh, so it's it's uh, up for Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Uh, uh, let's see what else. Uh, visual Effects and uh, Best Sound. Now, I think that Colin Farrell alone makes it worthy of best makeup. I mean, hands down, you couldn't even tell it was him. And it didn't look fake. A lot of times fat suits look fake. It didn't, the makeup was great. The, the sound with, you know, we talked about the Batmobile sound and how it felt like a living thing. And a lot of that had to do with the sound. It wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been the same. And of course, visual effects, um, I think that comes into play and how cool the Gotham City in the Batman looked. It's, you know, we've seen so many different versions of Gotham City over the years, TV shows, comics, movies, I mean, so many. And yet they still came up with a Gotham City that felt new and original, and that's not the easiest thing to do. So uh, I come at that nomination from a fan's perspective um and thinking that it could win but i, I yeah I, I would be completely happy if it ran away with uh with all three oh, what about you it deserves all three i mean we said last week colin farrell's makeup well and his mm -hmm. acting performance it's not just the makeup like say fat suits from eddie murphy to so many other characters they just they just don't work they just look fake and this just looked like uh, a, a guy who'd been through the wars and to have a really Irish actor, and, and you know, you've seen his other films, uh, he's just completely unrecognisable. So he deserves a credit for that. I mean, I was, I was hoping for a, a Best Supporting Actor nod for him, but, you know, but uh, makeup, yeah, definitely for him alone, spot on. The sound design, we said it last week, that car is alive. It's a living thing. You, in, in, in theatres in particular, and when I plug in my... Uh, surround sound system at home on the tv when i watch the film the moment that car appears you feel it more than you hear it or see it it's yep. it's, it's brilliantly done um special effects well i as you know went to liverpool for my birthday last year because i wanted to see a lot of the locations um they used including the liver building for the famous scene where he jumps off he does the base jump and the amazing thing about the special effects in that film is sometimes you don't even know they are the special effects because a lot of the sky shots when they're up on buildings is in the UK. 
but yet the backgrounds are Gotham City and they're so well done that you'd never suspect otherwise and that's to me when a special effect's really special not when it's flashy glitzy explosions boom lasers whatever else it's when it's a background that wasn't there in the first place and And, yeah and and none of it felt like cgi you know and i think that i think that's kind of why i went with the gotham thing when it came into the visual effects is because it all looked practical absolutely uh, which was really really impressive it was clever because it was a clever um mix of real scenes real like new york skyscraper shots looking down on manhattan looking down on certain parts of the states and what i like is what you said where this didn't feel like a fake crazy anton first designs of the tim burton movies then we had the ultra real downtown chicago which is what uh, christopher nolan used in his films and this was like the perfect synthesis of both it felt real but part of it was literally made for the films and it it's just fantastic so yeah if it wins all three i'll be happy and if it wins the, the baftas too great really 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 excited about that um so yeah that's the batman but obviously there's other movies out there and including a couple of trailers right yeah we got a trailer this week a new trailer for shazam fury of the gods uh gets a little more fleshed out as far as the story uh what uh, what'd you think of the trailer i loved it it's much better one and film but it managed to also keep some of the darkness um that the dc films need that, that separates them from other comic book movies the seven deadly sins were terrifying especially when they came to life and the boardroom scene was horrific and it's like they're keeping that rolling with the two new villains for this film where they are ultra powerful to the point where they seem even more powerful than billy batson and his siblings um that's great and to see billy take a step up to see him at first want to run away and hide but be convinced that he needs to stand and fight. Um, I'm now actually, after this second trailer, actually keen and happy and excited to see this film now. I'm really looking forward to it. And it's the month of my birthday, so maybe I can convince uh, my wife that we need to take a trip to the theatre to see this one. What did you make of it? I really, I really like the second trailer, and I liked it because we get definitely a more sense of what the villains are like like you mentioned how horrifying the seven deadly sins were that's true we get more of a sense of um lucy Liu and helen Mirren's character for sure it was nice to see more of them um you know it, it's this is this is a film as it rightly should be that's aimed more for a a broader audience a younger audience and it doesn't have to it doesn't have to pull the punches even though it is it can still be a competent story-driven great film and that's what i think that so far i think we're going to get and i think that that's what made the first one successful and i think that that is we're going to see more of that with the second one so yeah i'm i'm more excited than ever uh to see it um yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's like you said um it's great that DC can do that to have films with layers with depth they can be a family film but still have something with a bit more meat on its bones for for the adult members of the audience so really excited about this one and what can have more meat on the bones than a sequel to the Joker if we're talking dark and gritty the Batman and the Joker are in Gargar's clever what do you think of yeah. her little messages in her yeah. for the new yeah, Joker leaving that little, yeah leaving that little Joker card at the end 
of the post was brilliant. Um, and I'm glad that we are, I, I, I feel so uh, gun shy, lack of a better word about DC films right now because of what's happened over the past year. So the fact that she says she's filming, I think that's a great sign that this is, this is moving forward. Um, I'm, I'm still very uh, skeptical about what the story is going to be. You know, I don't know it, the whole, it's going to be a musical thing. What does that mean? You know, I, I'm very excited to learn more. And I'm glad that it's, you know, it's moving forward now. It's, you know, starting to film. I, I am really looking forward to seeing those pictures from the set that people managed to take or they, you know, those promo shots that we're going to see uh, hopefully in the next uh, next few weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. It's, it's going to be, I think, a, a fun production to follow. You know, like we... Um, we had, you know, when the Batman was being made, so we had new stories about the Batman every week. And I think that as this picks up, it's going to be the same thing. So uh, I think that's going to be fun. Uh, what about you? It's Todd Phillips. And I don't know if you remember, the whole time Joker was being made, he, to stop people leaking it, would put um, behind the scenes shots up, put little video clips up. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping for more of the same with this one. And the fact that Lady Gaga's already started with the playing card thing and to me also as well it shows that she's a class act that she's tipping a hat to margot robbie when she says to all the little monsters out there mm-hmm. of course the famous daddy's little monster t-shirt that mm-hmm. harley wore in her first appearance in the first suicide squad movie i thought that was class on, on gaga's behalf she's an oscar-winning actress um Joaquin phoenix is an oscar-winning actor i know the performances are going to be absolutely stellar that's what I'm looking forward to. The musical side of it, uh, it's making me cringe a little bit. But hey, Todd Phillips did such great work with the first one that um, yeah, and it's I can't fault it. Yeah, and I and I I think that there might be a Broadway. And I don't mean and no pun intended, <laughs> but uh, you know, how do you interpret it as a musical? How many musical numbers are there going to be? Because if there's like just a couple of scenes where maybe it's Harley Quinn fantasizing and there's a few musical numbers, I mean, that stuff could work. You know, it wouldn't have to be, uh, you know, Les Mis or something. You know, I think that there's a little bit of flexibility of what being a musical may mean in the end. So it's it's weird and I'm skeptical, but I have my fingers crossed that, like you said, Tom Phillips is super talented, so I can kind of trust in him to do it in at least an original way that makes you go, hmm, okay. Yeah, I get it now. Yeah. And uh, we're going to go over to a little bit different here. We're talking about um, some new characters in the Legion of Superhero animated movie uh, coming out. So it looks like we're getting arms fall off, boy. So uh, what would you make of these new characters? <laughs> that character. Oh, wow. Um, when they introduced TDK in the second Suicide Squad movie, I thought it's clearly arm fall off, boy, as a man. Um, so to have him in the new Legion uh, movie where, where he belongs, because that's where he started as a character, is just classic but to have legendary legionnaires like Triplicate Girl, Bouncing Boy, um, it just makes me happy. As a fan, it just makes me really, really happy. So the Supergirl and Superman clips already made me smile. Now I'm 
ultra, ultra excited to see this animated film. And like Damien said over the last few weeks, DC have barely stepped a foot wrong with their animated movies. So this is another one, I think, which is going to get great results. Really will. Mm. What yeah. did you make of it? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and getting uh, into the flicky fashions part of it for a, for yes. a second here is that I really like the designs of the characters. Yeah. Um, there's no getting around the fact that these are silly characters, <laughs> but yet they made them look modern and hip. They took them seriously. So yeah. it's not just throwaway. And um, it, it's just kind of fun to see. And because uh, there are so many different characters in Legion, how they'll use and what the design will be. So it's kind of just fun to see exactly what these characters look like. And I'm glad to have, you know, Bouncing Boy, Triple Kick Girl, Absolutely. all those characters come back. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think, I think this animated movie might surprise a lot of people. And it's good oh, to yeah. have a Legion back. They're not, you know, you had them in Supergirl series and things like that. And, um, you know, it's, just, it's it's fun to have them around. I think they're just overall just fun characters. Do you uh, think that, um, again, from the flicky, flicky fashion point standpoint, that these designs look so much like the classic 60s uh, costumes, but with a twinge of 21st century thrown exactly. in? It's the, and that's what makes them kind of hip, is that they are modern. Whoever designed them knows. And that's a tricky thing to know how to make them seem current but timeless yeah. and reflecting what the characters did look like. So it's, it's not the easiest thing to do, but I think that they, I think that they really, they really pulled it off uh, with this one. Looking forward to, I mean, um, it, it's, it's great that it's an animated film, but it's one we can enjoy as a home audience. Um, I do think some of them do deserve theatrical releases, but having these films to watch at home um, mm -hmm. is just great good the extras and the special features the makings of and sometimes the little dc shorts they put on them oh the shorts are, are great death's still my favorite one though. yeah oh me too me too <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> but speaking of watching at home um the tv and streaming there's always of course um the news that uh so many shows are ending um obviously we've got gotham knights beginning but um it's it's sad that so many things are coming to an end, particularly these two, uh, Doom Patrol and Titans, which are two of my favourite uh, TV shows ever. I mean, oh, you you've got to be beat up about this as well, right? I I am, um, especially on the Titans front, because one thing that I've always enjoyed is all these new characters that they managed to bring in, in in different seasons. And I love how they can do it and have that balance with the characters. So it's, I'm going to miss that. Yeah. Um, and Doom Patrol is just so far out there, to be honest, it's hard for me to think how long they could have kept that going before it got either watered down or, you know, it just seemed to be spinning its wheels or being too weird just for weird sake yeah. rather than telling good stories. So maybe in the end, uh, these shows can at least go out on top where yes. they were very good and that's that's thanks you know these days four seasons isn't a bad run especially on a streaming show um a lot of streaming shows they come in they say what they got to say and then they get out um just because there is so much content that it's gets expensive to keep these going and going and going and maybe i'm you know i'm interested to see what that may mean with um what they are planning 
with the kind of relaunch of the films with James Gunn and things like that. I wonder what if they have something kind of brewing as far as the TV side of things go that they're just not able to say yet. And that's one of the reasons why they canceled these shows. So, uh, you know, as bummed as I am, I'm trying to try to find a silver lining that, um, you know, maybe there is something down the pike here that's going to be pretty cool that we just don't know about yet. So yeah, yeah, I, I uh, trying to keep that uh, look on the sunny side of life, as they as they say, Monty Python. Absolutely, you and I are always been the glasses half full kind of guys. Yeah. And while you're um, mainly disappointed about the Titans, I don't get me wrong. I love Titans. I'm really sad about Doom Patrol because it is my favourite TV show. I, I absolutely love that show. But you're right. Um, it may have had a finite life to it. And what I'm really happy about reading the article is that um, rather than, you know how horrible it is when you're really into a show mm-hmm. and then it's abruptly cancelled and it's end of the season with a cliffhanger or the stuff that's been unresolved, the fact that they said, no, these series will end with an ending, nothing will be left unresolved, you won't be left hanging, is such a relief. And that also means that the writing team, the directing team, have managed to put together a season that's cohesive and complete so we'll have four awesome seasons of two amazing shows and with that news i can live with it and hey that's a much easier box set to sit down and rewatch than something that's been running for 10 12 years (laughs) i can watch them again and again and again and again yeah um yeah uh that's that's uh that's a good point uh i it's a lot less daunting to have four seasons to sit through and catch up on than eight or nine so, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Um, yeah, and uh, keeping on the TV streaming news, uh, we got news that Gotham Knights has some new cast members, uh, including Ethan Embry and Sonny Mowbray. Uh, what was your what was your take on this? Um, I don't know if whoever wrote this article knows who these characters are, or whether they were just being coy, because um, mentioning the uh, company. Uh, Mr. Brown works for and stuff like that. Um, this is uh, spoilers, parents. This is Clue Master. Um, so I have now suddenly got even more invested in the Gotham Knights TV show because they are not just embracing Harvey Dent and creating new characters I've never heard of, but they are bringing in Carrie Kelly. They are bringing on Spoiler. They are bringing on some characters I really, really love from the comics. And to throw in Clue Master as well, yeah, that's actually got me a bit more hyped for this show because people have been knocking it and saying things about the trailers and the costumes or whatever else. And I, I don't know why people are so down on anything DC. Give the show a chance. I mean, look how long Arrow and Flash and the other shows ran. Now I'm actually excited about seeing Gotham Knights. I mean, what did you make of it? Yeah, I think bringing up Clue Master is a very good point and a good character in a series that essentially is trying to solve a mystery. So Clue Master seems like a a good character to to bring in. And you know, you're right that they're being kind of coy about it because their description of these characters in the, the in the article there was no reason to think that they might not be in it for more than one episode. So makes me think that these characters are going to be in it for a few episodes at least. So 
on Clue Master's side, then he might be, um, I don't know if he'd be a big bad, but he'd be one of the main uh, adversaries in in the series going forward. So yeah, it does make me uh, more excited to check it out. And I hope it's good. I hope it surprises people and you know they can eat their words. Um, because yeah, I don't, get why, yeah I, I don't get why people are so down yeah. on DC. And Clue Master is a great spanner in the works kind of guy because he's a pretty inept villain and sometimes what he doesn't plan for causes more aggravation than what he does and that's an aspect of the character i'm really looking forward to seeing so yeah looking forward to that but um a villain who isn't inept a villain who's legendary and who's going to be played by a phenomenal actor is lex luther as played by um former Walking Dead star and brilliant TV director in his own right, Michael Kudlitz. Now, this has me excited beyond belief for the newest seasons of uh, Superman and Lois. What about you? Yes, man, he, you're right. He is a great actor, a very underrated actor. Um, Clarice, the show he was in um, after Walking Dead, it didn't get such great write-ups it wasn't well loved but he was great in it and he really showed range it was very different than abraham and in, in walking dead so um he definitely has the range to do it and man it's going to be a definite different lex luther than than john crier and like we've ever seen before on live action and it made me realize thinking how different they will be how good john crier's lex luther was and I like it more because I was thinking about thinking, man, I would never had known that he could do a role like that before he did it. And I think it's going to be the same with him. I think he's really going to tread some new ground with Lex Luthor. Cause I know he's got, he's got the talent and I think he's enough into that world that he won't be going in blind. I think he'll have his own knowledge of the character too. So I think that might be a good thing. I'm, I'm interested to see his take and how he interprets the character. I mean, yeah, John Cryer was another one of those actors where fans, before he'd even uttered a word on the screen, were shooting down because he was in Pretty in Pink, because he was the inept little uh, nephew in Superman 4. And I thought, well, yeah, he was, but he's a grown-ass man now. Let's see what he can bring to the role. And to my mind, he was a magnificent Luther. Absolutely brilliant, cunning, evil, nasty. Kudlitz, however, is an actor with real gravitas he's an actor's actor he's a character actor i can see this guy playing the luther from the early um john byrne marv wolfman jerry ordway man of steel era the the lex luther that runs the city and is a criminal behind the scenes um calice has got the acting range to really pull that off that's one of my favorite superman books my favorites yeah yeah, to this so day I'd be, yeah i'd agree i'd like to see that i, I want to see that and that's the only thing really that's been missing from superman and lois from me is, is luther and the fact that they've cast an actor of this caliber wow amazing mm-hmm. looking forward to that but yeah. speaking of mr crier um he may not be lex luther anymore he's got a uh, other commitments which kept him out of superman and lois which is a shame but I'm glad about who they have cast, but he apparently pitched a Legion of Doom TV series, um, which would have been incredible. I mean, 
how many villains did we see across the Arrowverse shows? And to have him as Luther leading them, maybe a missed opportunity there, right? Oh, I think so. And I think that had we been in a little different position with the CW shows, had they not gotten canceled, you know, I think this would have been a cool way to um, bring in other characters, DC characters, and uh, uh, would be a cool source for crossovers in different seasons. Um, uh, you know, and I think that you could do a lot of fun things with the tone too. You could have some comedy um, and some real dark moments too, because sometimes these CW shows uh, could go into some dark areas. Um, but it would be, I, I think that it would have been fun to see a show based on the villains. And I think that it'd have been fun to see them branch off from like that, that series and then how it would affect the other series. So you could, it would be a cool way to connect like the, between, you know, the, the different shows kind of have like the, the bad guys and the, you know, and the, the behind the scenes twist and things around. And it, that'd be fun to explore in like a standalone series. So I would have, I would have, um, loved it and i would love to see more john cryer's lex luther anyway so sign me up what about you yeah absolutely and we all know i mean you and i or the whole gang actually being massive fans of the craziest show on television the harley quinn animated series know that a show about villains can work can be hilarious can be dark can be frightening so a live action version of that I would have been totally down for, like I say, particularly with someone like Cryer leading the way as a conniving, scheming, manipulative Luther. He played the character brilliantly. So uh, it's a shame. It, it would have been really cool. But hey, if um, shows like Gotham Knights go well and the final season of Flash lives up to its billing, particularly with the return of uh, Stephen Amell as, as Green Arrow, Never say never. It could still happen somewhere down the line. Let, let's see. Let's see yeah, that's that's you and I to the T. That, that's what yeah. we're about. But um, <laughs> speaking of Harley Quinn. Yes, we have a trailer for a animated special for <laughs> Valentine's Day. And oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> what did you think of this trailer? Oh, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it's, it's hard to talk about this show. Or even the trailer (laughs) without spoiling it and without getting into the right, um, shall we say, um, adult frame of mind. Because it's this show is adult in possibly all the wrong ways and all the right ways at the same time. It's it's crazy. And what happens? Yeah, it's just uh, people, particularly if you're over 18, we say it on the Harley Quinn podcast. But if you're over 18, go to YouTube check out the trailer for Harley Quinn Valentine's Day episode and you'll see what we're talking about from um, oh, the characters that are appearing in Flash having a romance with Zatanna is different um, clocking and Riddler made me laugh um, Wonder Woman uh, yeah sure okay but um, the end and uh, Harley and Ivy getting close and the repercussions with Ivy's pheromone <laughs> oh man <laughs> i can't unsee what, what what i saw in that trailer what did you think i loved my i think my favorite part of the trailer was the demon 
Oh yes, and his little run. That was my. I think that was my favorite moment. I can't. Oh, where's Seth when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yeah, that little rhyme. Uh, when Mars, women of Venus, what I think you need to larger. Well, let's change the subject. <laughs> and I like to see Kite Man getting some love again, oh, which, was, which was good. Yeah, I, this, Hell yeah, um, as he would say. Yeah, yeah. But I, oh, this is going to be great. I can't wait. February 9th can't come soon enough. You know, I, I really, it's going to be one of those ones if I'm, if I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, I'm going to have to put it on and watch it right away because I'm, I'm very excited. I'm praying um, because the UK did get Harley Quinn seasons one and two that will get season three soon. I mean, it's not going to be in time to have this episode here for Valentine's over here, but um, I I need to see it somehow because that trailer was incredible. Absolutely. (laughs) Mm. Speaking of trailers and hints and teases, um, it looks like DC is going to be having some night terrors. And this was an article which really made me stand up and pay attention. What about you? Yeah, it's it's very interesting what the article took from it. Like they're saying how night terrors maybe it was, deals with kids because they kids are most likely to get night terrors between the ages of what they say three and five, which is very interesting. And spelling it night like dark night, so it looks like it's obviously going to be Batman centered centered, which is cool. Of course, um, a lot of the Batman-centered, you know, Dark Knight's Metal, Death Metal, have been really good in in the past few years. So, I uh, I'm thinking that whatever it is, um, it's it's going to be cool and, and repercussions. And um, yeah, and I, I you know, kind of part of my mind went to Scarecrow because of the terrors thing. Exactly. And but I'm thinking, well, I don't know if they would do that because they did it. They just did a big scarecrow story with Fear State not long ago. So it just makes me wonder if that's going to happen. You know, I, I don't think that it makes me doubt that Scarecrow is going to play as big as roles it may seem. So that's that. What do you think? I just love the way yeah, they've well. deciphered these little teasers in detective mode, which would make even Batman happy. Um, so I'm intrigued about any event. Um, DC do events better than just about anybody. They don't alienate the readers because you don't have to buy every single chapter. You can just get the miniseries. And that is what I love about DC crossovers. But like you say, Night with a K, making it sound like it's going to be Batman-centric. Who's my jam? Batman's my, my boy. He's he's the character I read about. And finding out... Um, and seeing Dick Grace and Nightwing as one of the main focuses for the recent Dark that's Crisis. What, and that's what I was going to bring up, too, is that I think Nightwing's going to play a part. And not only because of Dark Crisis, but I think that consistently the the Nightwing book has oh, been one of the best that DC's done uh, in a long time. Absolutely. You know, from what I can tell commercially, but definitely critically. So I think that kind of basing it on him is or or him having a big part in it is is a really good idea yeah um yeah so that's my yeah so that's that is another thing i wanted to mention i'm glad you you reminded me about that um yeah and uh the next story we have is that we are getting a new cyborg yes ongoing series uh what was uh what was your 
your take on this? You know what I'm going to say. It's the Titans. Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. The fact that Tom Taylor's not just killing it with Superman John Kent. He's not just killing it with Nightwing. Um, Nightwing 100 saw Dick Grayson turn down leadership of the Justice League in order to bring the Titans as the main superhero force in the DC universe and building a brand new Titans tower in Bloodhaven. And of course, you can't have just the Titans book and just the Nightwing book. It's great to see that the next Titans solo book will be Cyborg because I love this character so, so much. Um, I was one of the first people to jump for joy when all his scenes were reinstated in Zack Snyder's Justice League and he became the heart of the movie as he was supposed to be. He's one of the deepest, richest, most complex characters DC has. And if anyone deserves an ongoing solo book, it's him. I just hope this one lasts. I just hope this one's successful. Um, I love Vic Stone. Nice uh, creative team. So... Super excited. And here's me, the guy who's starting to sell his comics collection and says he's going to cut down buying comics. And what happens? Tom Taylor on Titans and a new Cyborg series. I can't win. But in case, I, I kind of do win, don't I? <laughs> you don't win. <laughs> but what did yeah. you make of it? Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for it. Um, I really like that Morgan Hampton... Uh, going to write on it who is part of the milestone initiative i really think that's cool that we're getting to see uh some of that in the comics some of those winners start producing work and i i hate to go back to flicky fashions but man i really really like the design of the new cyborg i love the colors and and i've said before that um a lot of times how i think something is going to be good is how what the costumes look like especially when it comes to movies and i'm looking at this and it makes me want to read it because the design is so fresh and new i just yeah i just that cover is uh amazing so that alone makes me excited and i can't wait to see what this new creative team is going to do yeah so i'm going to say it again uh it's a great time to be a dc fan and it's books like this that are the reason that keeps me, that keeps me coming back. Hear, hear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and of course, it's not just Cyborg. In Brightest Day, in Blackest Night, Green Lantern's back and he's going to give fans a treat. But not what we were expecting. We were expecting a few Green Lantern series. And it sounds like they're going to combine them, right? Yeah, they are. Um, and But John Stewart's still going to get uh big story so that's good and they decide they describe the story uh as a story of redemption loss and finding out that maybe you can go home again so that's interesting like exactly what home are we talking about um you know and, and the flashpoint beyond team is going to be behind it minus jeff johns but i i enjoyed flashpoint beyond so i, I loved that, flashpoint yeah. beyond so I think that that's a good sign as well. So, and it seems like they're not rushing it out. It's going to be a little while, and I think that that's good too. They can fine tune it, and uh, yeah. So I think uh, I think this could be uh, good potential, especially if we really want to see Green Lantern come back in the live action somehow. You know the the movie. Although I didn't mind, I, I honestly I didn't mind the Green Lantern movie as much as 
Me neither. I liked hated it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that movie really soured people or or the corporate heads to the character. Yeah. And it would be good just to have these things that can kind of show what good stories can be in Green Lantern so that we can maybe get that live action series or the live action movie again because the character I think really deserves it. So um yeah, I, I have pretty high hopes for this for the series as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it for a couple of reasons. Um, for starters, like I said, the Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps are fascinating. They're, they're some of my favourite comics, some of my favourite characters. And I know that a whole bunch of us at DC Comics News feel the same way about Howell Jordan and John Stewart and all the other Lanterns. But uh, the fact that they are now making two series one, I actually think is a good thing because DC are doing really well with action comics and detective comics where they have two stories per month and having two lanterns in one book well a it's easier for people to collect and less chance of you missing an issue so i'm happy about that in 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 retrospect i actually think it's a really good idea to have both the green lanterns under one cover um so brilliant and two of the best Hal jordan and john stewart probably my two favorite lanterns if i'm if i'm honest um oh no just a cruise i love her as well but yeah so many ways they can go forward a whole core of characters they can bring in so yeah looking forward to that um and maybe it'll be a little less um confusing for new fans who want to pick up the book yeah. if there's just one i think maybe yeah. that's that could be a smart thing too absolutely you know, if you if you were to go into a comic shop today and you think, you know what, I want to get into Batman. I really like that Batman movie. And you'd go in to see how many Batman comics there are. You wouldn't know where to start. So it's I, I think in a way that can be can be nice to simplify things a little bit to, Absolutely. to have one series instead of two. Yeah, with monthly books, it's a nightmare. With with graphic novels, not so much. But to have, yeah, one Lantern title with a few Lanterns in it. Great stuff. Hmm. And uh, also, we are getting some more revamped and new series, including a Hawkgirl and or Hawkman series and a new Wonder Woman uh, revamp on the horizon. Uh, what was uh, what was your take on this? Um, with the Hawkman, Hawkgirl, bring it on. Um, the last series by Robert Menditti was criminally underrated. Not enough people read it. And it was a damn shame when it got cancelled because honestly that to me was one of the greatest things to come out of the rebirth era that hawkman series by robert venditti was fantastic and i think that the black adam movie might have a part of this resurgence in hawkman hawk girl because again uh the justice society stole the show it was almost a justice society movie featuring black adam and i actually loved that aspect of it because i'm a huge justice society fan so that's great news happy about that what concerns me is a Wonder Woman revamp. I love Diana. You've already killed her in the last few years and brought her back as a demigoddess. Leave her as that. She deserves that. She was the first and arguably still is the greatest female super character of them all. The one from where all others sprang. Um, by a revamp, I hope that means maybe a new costume, maybe a new location and maybe one more title. Superman's got action comics and Superman, Batman's got Batman and Detective Comics. If anyone deserves two ongoing ongoing series per month, it's Diana. It's Wonder Woman. And if not her, 
bring in Yara Floor, bring in Nubia, bring in the rest of the Amazons. There's a rich universe there. We discussed that when Kelly came back a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Wonder Woman is probably the finest it's been since George Perez was on the book right now. It's amazing. So I don't want to revamp so much as just maybe a bit more Wonder Woman. I mean, how did you see it? What did you make of the story? Yeah, I, I, uh, I agree because there has been and then you know when we were putting together our top stories of 2022 one of mine was the trial of the amazon yeah, absolutely and what was going on with wonder woman it was just her return uh yara floor is one of my favorite new characters i yep. can't get enough of her um what they did with nubia making her queen was great it just it's a very strong book and one of the one that one of the dc books that's the funnest to read so if they're going to revamp it, like you said, I hope they don't change too much of what they had set up in this new run. So don't think in terms of a reboot, but just think of it as a continuation where the things, you know, those things that were put in place are still there, which I'm sure they will. And I'm sure that Newbie will still be queen and, and all that. Um, but I just hope they continue to build on what they had with the most recent run because it's it's been really good. Um, and I... I think that, like you said, I think with the Hawkman series, it's a great time to do it because of the Black Adam movie. Yeah. Um, he was great in it. The character was great. The yeah, character absolutely. wasn't wasn't cheesy. You know, they made it work. And I think that now is the time to really get a good Hawkman series out there. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, it's good to have him back in his own book. I mean, it's certainly been a long time that he's had his own series. So yeah, I think he deserves it. And I think that's a testament to the Black Adam movie that that he did so well that they're gonna bring the series back for the character. I think that's that's a really good sign. Um you know, we might not get Henry Cavill back, but we did get a really good Hawkman and a really good Doctor Fate. I'd love for them to announce a Doctor Fate series too. Oh, you know, man. but you imagine. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that that's a I think it's a good sign. And the fact that this is the dawn of DC and Hawkman is one of those characters in the dawn of DC, I think that's a really kind of good sign for the future of the character as well. And uh, talking about the future of characters, uh, looks like um, Titans are going to kind of take the place of the Justice League. Like and we 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 had hinted at that um, a few stories before, but uh, what was uh, what was your take on this? I'm the happiest man in the world right now. You can probably see my grin from space. Um, <laughs> a because Tom Taylor's writing it. B because Nicholas Scott, as Tom Taylor says, one of the finest comic book artists on earth, no doubt. Her Wonder Woman run, her, her characters, her work on just about everything I've seen, I've loved, and to have. Oh, this is the part that annoys me because people are saying, oh, not that Titans lineup again, that old Titans lineup. And I think the word you're looking for is classic Titans lineup. Yeah. Yeah. The new Teen Titans is still one of the biggest selling DC books of all time. It was outselling the X-Men when it came out. It was the only team book to spawn a second book. There was new Teen Titans and Tales of the Teen Titans. Then there was Titans Spotlight. It was magnificent i've still got every single perez wolfman issue and oh 
I don't know if I could ever sell those. I love them so much. The first appearance of Nightwing, characters like Donna Troy, and to see them walking towards you on that beautiful cover by Nicholas Scott, yes. that classic Titans lineup, and it's spinning out of Tom Taylor's, we already said it, amazing stellar Nightwing series, and them being the premier DC super team, they're not sidekicks anymore. They are the A-level top tier heroes of the dc universe this book was made for me absolutely made for me so this is one of the best pieces of news in months if not years for me love it yeah uh I, yeah there's nothing wrong with a classic lineup like you said the magic word there is classic uh yeah i i and and you're right that picture of them standing that's very cinematic i could see that you know in 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 a movie or in the Titans show, you know, uh, it, it, it it's good. And these characters are popular between the animated series that we got, the comics, as is, I mean, you know, talked about how great Nightwing is. Um, so it, it makes sense to bring these characters back in a way that, they, or I shouldn't say back, but to the forefront. Yeah. Because uh, I think they deserve it. I think that they are um, both strong characters, but also very beloved characters. So I think it's, it's time for them to shine. Yeah. I mean, I love the Justice Society. I love the Justice League. But the team that stole my heart as a teenager, the team that grew up with me, was the Titans. Um, Dick Grayson and the Titans are the very few comic characters, apart from maybe Spider-Man, who has grown up with his audience to see Dick Grayson step away from being the kid's psychic and become his own man, become Nightwing, it was fundamental and one of the reasons I never quit reading comics. So seeing this classic Titans lineup shows that Tom Taylor possibly had a similar experience reading comics, or we know he reveres Marvel Wolfman and George Perez. He, he makes them appear in random issues of Nightwing. George and Marv's pizza is one of my favorite aspects of the Nightwing series and a restaurant I wish existed in real life because I'd eat a slice from there every day of the week to see those two guys. So having the Titans where they deserve to be, I'm a happy fan. And speaking of fans who are crossing over, we've talked about Nicole Maines acting as Dreamer and now writing Dreamer, but Zachary Levi and the other Shazam Fury of the Gods cast members are going to be co-writing the Shazam Lee Family Matters. No, Shazam Lee Matters. <laughs> I can't even say it. Shazam Lee Matters <laughs> special. Um, Shazam. That's one on my pull list. What about you? Yeah, I love this idea. I love that they're letting the, these actors and actresses write these stories. We had Danny DeVito writing a Penguin story. Yep. Paul Dano writing the Riddler. Brilliantly. Uh, story. Yeah. And I, I love it because it really shows that the actors care about these yeah. characters especially in Nicole's case with Dreamer, because, you know, that, that character is her, you yeah. know, so, you know, uh, you know, I just, I, I really like that because it really shows that these actors are into the characters. And I think one of the things that made Shazam a good movie is the enthusiasm that absolutely uh, Zachary Levi had for the character. He just loved playing the character. And you can tell, and he can put that same passion into writing the story, and same way with the, with with all the others. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a fun special. So yeah, yeah, a poll list for sure. 
it's going to be magic. But um, yep. um, <laughs> it's a special, so people can pick it up. And again, these anthologies, these one shots that DC make, buy them all. Um, you will not be disappointed because they're they're great. And when you get the cinematic talent um, who make the movies a success, get involved in the comics, I think it can only be a good thing. I mean, uh, case in point was Kevin Conroy's story in the most recent uh, DC Pride special. Yeah, perfect example. Yeah. So that one. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sign me up. I am 100% up for that. And um, I love, and I will call him it, don't care if you hear me or not, Marvel. The original Captain Marvel is one of my all-time favourite comics characters. Shazam rules. The Shazam family rule. Um, This is just another layer to that. They get in their own series with Mark Wade and Dan Mora. And this special, they're back. It's nice to have Mark Wade back. Yeah. Lightning has struck. Yeah quite literally and that's it we've talked movies tv and comics in our 163rd episode um has anything else been happening in the world of dc for you in the last week i reread um uh killing time uh that was that was a fun story and uh i also picked up the uh the Wonder Girl hardcover with the series and the future state books. So I'm looking forward to diving back in uh, to that. That's another beautiful hardcover edition. So uh, for me, this week has been a lot of on the reading side of DC and kind of rediscovering some of those series from, from last year. And it's just, it's like, I, I, you know, I I like with the collected editions come out because I like reading the whole story. Yeah. I'm the same. I find it flows better and I, you know, you don't have to go back and reread the issue again to remember, you know, so I, I love rereading those stories as one big chunk. So that's been, yeah, it's been my week in, in DC. Anything with Joel Jones's name on it, I'll snap it up. Incredibly talented writer and artist and a lovely human being. So yeah, I'm up for that too. It's funny you say rereading um, because uh, Batman, the adventures continue is going into season three i'm rereading seasons one and two in preparation um so that's as well because again i'm like you with a mini series uh, unless it's i'm reviewing it weekly or monthly for one of the sites i tend to wait until all the issues are out and read them all in one chunk i just find it more satisfying so yeah i've been doing a bit of that too and um putting in my pre-order because on february 14th sandman book five is out yeah. Yeah. collecting um endless nights um what is it the other one the sandman midnight theater and um dream hunters so uh sandman fans february 14th valentine's day that book is out pick it up if you've got books one to four it will be the first collection continuing the stories after the initial 76 issue run ended and for less than 30 bucks it's a steal grab that one Oh, and another thing I've reread recently is the second collection of the Nightwing series, the Gick Racing. That first issue in that collection where he's trying to make his way home, the the way that felt so influenced, but in a cool way by Chris Ware's work, mm. I just that rereading that blew my mind. Uh, I love that 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 first issue. I forget exactly what issue of Nightwing? 87. 87. I thought it had a 7. Yeah, 87. Yeah, that issue was 
that was one of the coolest single issues I've read in so long. It's the first to my mind. I mean, I know there's been lots of double, triple, quadruple page spreads, but this is the first comic to my mind where all 20 pages have formed one image. And I wish they'd done in the UK and in the States what they did in Spain, where they launched that as a pullout book. So you can actually see it all in one minute. You can fold it page by page or you can pull it all out. That's brilliant. And you'd be willing to take a trip there just to pick that up. <laughs> I'm going, I'm contacting family members to see if they can grab an issue for me because I, I, I need that either that or I'm going to end up buying another two or three copies because that issue was simply incredible um i, I did say when because i review nightwing monthly um that one of the frustrating things about it even though every guest artist they bring on is fantastic was that um i wanted to see more bruno redondo uh, because his work on that is incredible but i can see why he needed a couple of months off because of that issue because it was mind-blowing yeah um people if you're not reading tom taylor um on nightwing you are seriously missing out um nightwing book one um leaping into the nights on its third printing i believe yeah yeah i mean that went that flew off yeah because it's magnificent yeah magnificent um so there's three books out um leaping into the light fear state and get grayson um pick them up you will not be sorry. So that wraps up episode 163 of the DC Comics News podcast. But before we let you all go, Brad, why don't you tell everyone watching and listening where they can read your work, where they can chat to you online? Oh, you can uh, read my work on dccomicsnews.com, news and reviews. You can find me on this wonderful podcast, as well as the Harley Quinn Mad Love podcast part of the DC Comics News Podcast Network. And you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. That's F-I-L-I-C-K-Y-B and the number one. What about you, Steve? Where can people find you? Easiest way to read my news, reviews, features, and interviews across DC Comics News, Dark Knight News, and Fantastic Universe is just to go to Google, type in Steve J. Ray or fantastic universes and you can read all that stuff to talk to me quickest and easiest way is again on twitter at l steve e l underscore s t e e v o but you can find dc comics news and the dc comics news podcast network across social media platforms at dc comics news altogether no spaces on twitter dccomicsnews.com and on tumblr and youtube as well with this very show uh, i also have a second show with my cub adam which is called i am the knight where we talk about batman the United series breaking down every episode week by week and we are going to finish season two as a video and podcast much the same way we've relaunched dc comics news so we're going to end one season in the new star before we head into season three and the new batman adventures so look out for that across spotify twitter google play um, wherever else you get your podcasts apple podcasts you can catch this show and those other two as well uh, but in the meantime before you listen to us you need to read more comics, comics. <laughs> we salute you and we'll see you next week take care <laughs>